Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for listening to us no matter how you listen to us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Always thank you for listening to us. We got a good show for you tonight. We'll be joined by Dave Hastings, Eric Tressler, possibly Eric Pfeiffer in a matter of moments here. I'm not going to lie, folks. We're in the dog days of summer, just starting. No more basketball. Probably may wind up getting into the NBA draft. That was Thursday night. Not too eventful, if I'm going to be honest. The Knicks made a couple of trades to give themselves a couple extra first-round draft picks in later years. Uh, clear some cap space. But I'll tell you right now, if the Knicks – Offseason is all about giving Jalen Brunson a $100 million contract. It's going to be a long goddamn offseason for him. Uh, I should say for them. Uh, the Ky- Kyrie Irving drama, is he going to stay with the Nets? Is he not going to stay with the Nets? He, not- he opted into his $36 million contract for next season. So at least on the surface, it looks like he's going to stay with the Nets for next season. May or may not be a trade coming. Who knows there? Uh, not too much going on in the football world. Uh, hockey last night, I believe it was the Colorado Avalanche, did wind up winning the Stanley Cup championship from the Tampa Bay Lightning, as predicted by our own Eric Pfeiffer and Larry Schmelrose a year ago. So congratulations to them and him for correctly predicting this one. So we have that. We do have some baseball to talk about, but... I mean, and I think Eric probably feels the same way. We will probably talk some Mets and Yankees, but we're kind of at the point right now where not too, I wouldn't say it was too much of an eventful week for either team. Uh, Of course, last week, I kind of put a little bad mouth to the Houston Astros who uh, promptly beat the shit out of the Mets uh, for two straight days, Tuesday and Wednesday last week. The Yankees did play. The Astros this past weekend uh, took two of the four games off of uh, dramatic walk-offs by Aaron Judge both days, Thursday and Sunday. But anybody who thinks that the Astros are going anywhere, (laughs) I I don't think so. I think they heard what I was saying last week. They took it out of my Mets, who they are also playing tonight and uh, tomorrow, tonight, Tuesday, as we record this. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully the Mets have some better luck this time around taking on the Astros in City Field. Mets are coming off of winning two out of three games against the Miami Marlins. Thus far, Mets have played seven games of the 11 games that I uh, had talked about earlier in the month against the Marlins, and they are 5-2 and against them. So, uh, thankfully, the Marlins have not been uh, too big of a pain for the Mets. But other than that, not too much going on there. And I think with that, we do have Dave Hastings to bring in. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How about yourself? Not too bad. I'm in the process of currently losing a war against a bunch of flies. So, I got that going for me. (laughs) I I have actually been there before, my friend. Yeah. 
It's not a fun experience. No, not at all. Not at all. But uh, it could be worse. I will say that one. So, welcome to the show here, Dave. Uh, so, as we kind of said before, not too much going on in the sports world this week. I guess we could talk a little basketball here. We did have the NBA draft last week. Um, I don't know about you. This was probably one of the most uneventful NBA drafts I can remember in a very long time here. Yeah, I, I was watching it. with a, I went by a buddy's house to watch it. And, uh, I mean, look, I, I didn't know a lot of the kids coming out. Yep. Um, being a Tar Heel fan, those are really the only <laughs> names I really knew. And all of uh, basically everybody from UNC decided that they were going to stay back a year and, you know, try to build off of what they were able to do this past season. So I didn't really know a lot of the names. I know there was some surprise with who went number one, but he was still projected the top three picks, so it wasn't mm -hmm. like overwhelmingly surprising. No. Uh, um, you know, there really weren't any trades other than the Knicks trade, which uh, I think my favorite moment of the entire draft was seeing uh, um, Spike Lee go over and try to comfort uh, Stephen A. Smith. Mm. Um, so I thought that was amusing, but, um, yeah, outside of the draft, the draft was pretty boring. Uh, the Warriors locked up the NBA finals, which we all kind of saw coming anyway. So that wasn't really much of a shock, but Steph gets his MVP. Um, you know, now you got everybody arguing or, you know, the debate now is like, did he earn his spot in the top 10 and blah, you know, of all time and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, like Eric kind of mentioned the last time we brought this up, like, how about we wait till the guy retires and really see where he finishes before we get into the heated argument over that? Uh, yeah. So it was really, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the draft itself, though, definitely a lot less happened trade wise than I think most of us expected. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder continue to get younger and. You know, they just got to hope that they can develop the guys that they got, they drafted, and that they have on the team already. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big—I think really the two biggest things that happened basketball-wise since the last time we were on the show is, you know, all the drama with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, and yet he still opts into you know contract. And then you have John Wall getting the buyout agreement with Houston. <laughs> so, dude, didn't play a game for Houston at all, and I think he made $70 million for it. Uh, so, <laughs> not a bad little gig there. He's going to head over to the Clippers, uh, which, if they get a healthy Kawhi Leonard back, uh, definitely is one of the deeper teams in the West. Um, so, yeah, those were really the biggest things that came out. I mean, when it's all said and done, I'm just tired of Kyrie Irving. I just want to see him play basketball, and that's it. I really do care what <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Truthfully, I didn't even hear about the John Wall buyout, so that's that's surprising. Uh, well, I guess not that surprising. The, him going to the Clippers that that'll be interesting. Um, that's another team that you got. You know, with him and Paul George and Kawhi, yeah, you got the talent. Are they going to be on the court at the same time, all healthy though? That's that's my big question there. But yep, yep. Uh, I will say this about Kawhi, you know, when when he became a free agent after the 2019 season, the debate was, is he going to go to the Knicks? And I basically said, 
I, there's too much drama with him. I don't think I'd really want him on the team. And now it just it feels like there's a lot more people coming to that camp. Like I get he's a great basketball player and everything, but there's all there's way too much with him in terms of off court stuff that it, to me it outweighs how great of a player he is. I mean, yeah, I see, I, I see where you're coming, but when it's all said and done, it's you know it always boils down to what do you do on the court more than anything else, and he's still arguably one of the you know most talented uh, ball handlers we've ever seen, and one of the more talented uh, guards we've ever really seen play the game. So I, I get why teams are willing to take the risk on him and, and, you know, roll those, roll that dice. And I mean, look, even as a Bulls fan, if you told me he was coming, I'm not going to be mad about it. Mm. That's, I, I guess I understand that. Um, the one thing I did hear about today, um, it looks like Russell, Russell Wells, Westbrook, excuse me, has opted into the final year of his contract, $47 million he's going to get paid next season. And you have to wonder if he's going to underachieve the way he did this past season for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at what he did this year, um, that was a shell of what Russell Westbrook's been the majority of his career. So <laughs> I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and hope that you know he's able to turn it around because, um, I mean – you get Oklahoma City Thunder, Russell Westbrook with eight, uh, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That's a very scary team. Um, you get what you got last year, and we already saw what that team is. So um, definitely going to be curious to see how that part also unfolds and you know what happens with him. You know, does he get back to what we've seen and known, or you know, does he continue to be what we saw this past season? I think that'll be pretty interesting. But when you look at the top like five paid players in the NBA this coming season, like LeBron and Steph Curry are really the only two that actually seem to deserve the money. Mm. Who are the other three out of curiosity? Uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and, and um, John Wall, because they're, they're counting what he's getting paid <laughs> uh, on the buyout. <sighs> nice gig if you can get it, but yes, hey, I man. do agree with you. How great would it have been to be born, you know, uh, grow up to be, you know, 6'3 to 6'7 and have a 40-plus inch vertical and, you know, be able to slide your feet and run pretty fast. Amazing mm -hmm. what you can make. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't even have to show up for the playoffs like most of them do. Uh, exactly. I mean, yeah. like I said, LeBron and Steph, I got no issues no. with what they're getting paid. I know they're older. I know they're more on the tail, you know, they're closer to the end of their career than the beginning, but when it's all said and done, they're, they're both, you know, they're two of the greatest players uh, or best players we have in the league right now. So I can't sit here and act like they don't deserve their money when other guys are getting paid what they get paid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just waiting for Eric here. I guess we can, football-wise, not too much going on there. Uh, the news that came out earlier today, Terry McLaren signs the big contract. He's now a top five paid wide receiver. I know Eric was saying in the chat, and I tend to agree. Why, why is he getting paid like a top five wide receiver? The deal is a three-year extension worth up to $71 million in new money. The place is him among five highest played, uh, $28 million signing bonus, the largest giving to any receiver. Also has seventy six point four percent of the new money in the deal guaranteed. 
ridiculous. I, I mean, do I think he should be a top five paid wide receiver? No, but he's the best wide receiver that Washington's probably had since what Santana Moss. And Maybe. it's not like Santana Moss was uh, a sure ballot Hall of Fame or anything, but I mean, the kid can make some amazing catches. He's basically had, you know, 3,000 yard uh, seasons and five plus touchdowns every year he's been in the league. Um, and that's been done with the embarrassment of quarterbacks that they've had in Washington. So, all things mm. considered, do I think he should be a top five wide receiver? No, but I could see how his agent was able to justify and saying, well, look who you've given him as a quarterback. Yeah. You know, look at the other offensive weapons you put around him. He's basically all you guys fucking have. So, <laughs> you know, I can see it from that perspective and see how the, you know, agent was able to spin it. But, you know, when you compare him to Stefan Diggs and the, I mean, hell, you know, Debo Samuel still hasn't gotten paid. And I, I, I think he would deserve to be a top five paid wide receiver over McLaurin. True. True. Oh, give me one second here. Now, I agree with you on that one. And it's just ridiculous. What the only thing he really does is jack the scale up. So when you do have more guys who deserve to get paid for that, we're going to see a $30 million wide receiver at some point here. Yeah, sadly, uh, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, uh, those are probably one of those two names is probably going to be the first one. I do agree. I do agree. And he is here tonight, so let's bring him in here. Eric Tressler is here tonight. How you doing, Eric? I'm all right. <laughs> well, well, okay, fair enough. Um, so we bring the energy right up here. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we were talking about the Terry McLaren deal. Talked a little basketball here. Um, McLaren's not a top five wide receiver. I don't know what you guys have said, but basically, the yeah. fact that Washington would pay him as a top five receiver is sad because why are you paying a top five receiver when you don't have a quarterback to get that receiver a ball? Like it, it doesn't, you're working ass backwards. It's like when they, you know, it, you just don't do it. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. understand it. Like it's a, it's the Odell Beckham thing with the Giants. When you get Daniel Jones there, it's pointless to have a guy like Odell Beckham. Pointless. Like you're just pissing money away. It's all it's all Washington's doing here. Pissing, pissing money away. Granted, good for McLaurin, got his. Can't fault him for that. Never gonna say a player should have taken less money. Just fuck if they're willing to pay him. I mean, by all means, like let them pay him, but. As a Giant fan, it makes me happy because at least I know that they're not really as committed to winning as they are committed to trying to put fans into seats. Yeah, they definitely have not shown a commitment to that one over the last however many years we want to go back. So, I mean, that's basically what we said before you came on to. Bad contract. Uh, and I'm curious to see if you agree with this because I said right before you came on, all this is really doing is jumping the scale up from when guys who really do deserve to be top five paid wide receivers get in there. I do feel we're going to see a $30 million paid wide receiver at some point. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, because everybody's contract's got to be bigger than the next guys. So it's it's going to happen at some point. That's for sure. I'm, there's no denying that. Mm-hmm. All right. um, it's one of the highest paid positions in the sport. So, I mean, you know, it's going yeah. to make that money. Mm-hmm. 
And what what did you say a couple months ago? What it was guard and linebacker are the lowest paid positions, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but again, nobody wants those guys. I mean, you only need them to build championship teams, but you know, let's make sure we, we sign that, that, you know, diva wide receiver first. It'll really yeah. tie this team together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did you have anything else football wise you wanted to bring up Eric? Um, football wise. I mean, there's rumors of the Deshaun Watson getting more a year, at least a year. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm good with not seeing him anymore. I didn't really miss him, um, but I don't know. I guess I'll see what your guys' opinion is on that. Uh, but that's kind of where I stand on it. I, I really don't care how much the NFL levies at this point to me. Uh, I'm good with or without Deshaun Watson. I, if he's on the field, I don't really see myself rooting for him, but oh well, I guess he's on the field and if he's not on the field. I'm not going to miss him on Sundays. I mean, I agree with you on that. Um, I'll give my thoughts in a second. Dave, you got a comment? I mean, look, from what I, what I saw, they're, they're at, they're expecting a year with him being able to, you know, uh, challenge it after eight games, which It'll get knocked down to like 12 um, and he'll end up playing. Um, did I miss the guy? Of course I didn't. I'm a Cowboys fan. What the hell do I care? But <laughs> do I think the more ta- more quarterbacks you have in the league that are good at playing the game of football make the game better? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's shown before he can. He should, he should go play with Johnny Manziel and Colin Kaepernick in that like fan funded league. I mean, he's already got his bag from Cleveland, so why not? I mean, he, that's my he, suggestion. Last, last time he played, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback with almost 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns with a crappy Houston Texans team that traded away uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So it's not like the guy can't ball. For a- no, but he's, too, he's a few years removed from that. Not playing for a few years does take an effect on you. I mean – you look at where Michael Vick was when he left the game of football and where Michael Vick came back to after two years of being in prison after some dog fighting. I mean, you look at that and you say, I don't know. It definitely, you take that much time away from the game and the game starts to pass you by. So, I mean, yeah, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback two years ago or whatever it was, 5,000 yards. Well, guess what? It's two years later. He's two years older. And I don't I mean, know that you could expect the same production of him just stepping back on the field. He only missed one season, and he's like 28 years old. So it's hard for me to believe he can't really get back to what he was. Mm. And he'll have more, and he'll have more talent in Cleveland than he ever had in Houston. Yeah. The one, the one thing I'll throw in is the the fact that they are negotiating a suspension with Watson's people, the Players Association, and the league. I can never remember hearing that happening before a suspension. I know, but still, like, I, I get that the Players Association would be the one to have an appeal. He'd have to go through the Players Association for that. But what are we negotiating here? I don't have a problem whatsoever with the league wanting to suspend them for a year. I mean, this is a league that's... But that's where it comes down to is that the Browns paid him. They're only paying him $1 million this year. They're expecting him to miss one year. They're yeah. not expecting him to miss two or three. And that's what they're trying to negotiate down to. They're saying, listen, maybe we don't appeal. If you just give us one year, one year and we'll take it. 
because then it doesn't hurt the Browns and it doesn't really hurt Watson too much more. And Watson's still going to make his full bank. And, that, you know, that this is what Cleveland was planning for from the beginning. Then, you know, I can see what they're negotiating towards. To me, this shouldn't be something that's negotiated. Yeah. Like, no. uh, to me, it should be something that y- you shouldn't have a say in. The Player Association, they shouldn't have a say. They, yeah. they should levy down from the league, and that's the way it is. But the fact that the league's looking at it too, and uh, damn anybody, if they say Roger Goodell doesn't have this thought in his head, he's going, well, I know by getting Deshaun Watson on the field, it's going to sell some more tickets, and it's going to bring eyeballs to the TVs. So how long do we really want to keep him out before people forget about this story? You know, so I mean, that's the other thing too. So I think there's a balancing act there where the league probably wants to do two years. See, that's not what I heard. I I heard uh, the league was pushing for one year. Okay, well, listen, if they're pushing for one and and Cleveland or him are going to fight that, then listen, I throw my hands up here and just say it's literally all about getting him back on the field this year to make as much money as they can in TV revenue and ticket sales. And I say fuck the whole NFL judicial system because you can't look at a guy with 26 cases against him and tell me that there isn't enough evidence there to at least suspend him for one year. I mean, there are other people who've gotten suspended for that long. I mean, fucking, well, Calvin Ridley bet $1,500 and he's suspended longer than that. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, this is a bit ridiculous. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm at my wit's end here a little bit with the NFL, what they're going to levy. But it, to me, it's got to be a minimum of a year. Mm-hmm. And to me, that literally lets everybody off the hook and tells me that I think that Cleveland knew something by doing the contract the way they did, making it only a million dollars for the first year. If they had an inkling of this before they made this contract. If they did, then you know that this investigation and all that wasn't really a true investigation, wasn't really anything at all. It was just all for show. I mean, that's all really it is, all for show. And because oh, we got to do something. We're the NFL. We got we got to we got to make a stand. You know, we got to make sure that people know that we're you know social justice warriors too. When really they don't give two fucking shits about anybody or anything other than the almighty dollar. I mean, this is a league that gave Ray Rice a bogus suspension until a videotape that I still to this day believe they knew about was released. And now all of a sudden, oh, we didn't know about it. We washed our hands of this and Ray Rice never played a game again. Exactly. It's plausible deniability. That's all they need. That's what all these other owners have. You know, that? that's why Dan Snyder hasn't been out of the NFL yet. Because (laughs) he's probably got dirt on the rest of these guys. That they got to figure a way to cover up first before they figure a way to oust Dan Snyder. Because... He's in the small circle of, you know, owners. And it's a, it's we're a very, very tight-knit group of NFL owners. And, yeah, I think that there's a reason Dan Snyder hasn't been kicked out of Washington. I mean, you get all the allegations against him, his franchise, everything else. I mean, you see what happened in the NBA to St- uh, with Steve Ballmer buying the Clippers and with Sterling having to sell the Clippers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You see, the allegations came against him. Everybody forced him out. The same thing happens to Dan Snyder. He's not forced out. Well, you know, begin to wonder why. All of a sudden, you got John Gruden suing the NFL and other people saying that this stuff was leaked. Why was it leaked? Of course you knew the emails were leaked. Where were they leaked from? You know, and I'm sure those weren't, as we've said, those weren't the only emails out there, that, and they only implicated John Gruden. 
I mean, you go through and search for SCNFL's emails, you're going to find a lot of other people saying a lot of other dumb shit they shouldn't have said. So, I mean, I think everybody's being very selective and it's plausible deniability. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, we didn't see that email. Oh, we didn't see that video. Yeah, bullshit. You knew about it, though. You mm. knew about it. That's all the NFL cares about here is everybody, oh, there's 26 cases. Okay, well, he settled 20 of them. So because he settled 20 of them, we don't have to worry about those 20. It's just these four left, so it still kind of looks a little bad, but it doesn't look as bad as before. Maybe that's why Watson and his team are fighting for less, saying, oh, well, we settled these other ones. Look, there's nothing coming out. Like, and I'm sure there's NDA disclosures and all that, so none of those girls are going to end up talking. Well, let's be honest. The, the settlement is an admission of some sort of guilt. I think we can all agree on that one. So, and if they, you have that much as 68 different women, 26 different allegations, and you're going to tell me he doesn't deserve something pretty decent, more than a year, more than what you've given other people for less. I mean, come on. Yeah. Dave, what do you say? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when it's all said and done, I think it all boils down to the money and fans in the seats and fans are more likely to go see Deshaun Watson uh, play quarterback than they are to, watch like a case Keenum or whoever their backup is has gotten, I don't imagine Baker Mayfield stepping on the, on the field for them again. So, um, yeah, he's more likely to put asses in seats and make them money and get people tuning in on television. So that all definitely. I wonder if he will though. I wonder how much of a draw Deshaun Watson actually is because to be honest, I don't think he was that big a draw when he was with the Texans. And I'm wondering how big it. And listen, I'm not. This comes from a guy who's a Deshaun Watson fan come, of his coming out of college. You can go back and listen to previous, you know, things we've done, and I've sung his praises in the past. But you can't deny this. Like this is to me not like one person he said she said. There's 26 different people saying this. Well, I like. I like that if he's really innocent, why did you settle 24 of the 26 out of court? Hmm. I'm sure non-disclosure agreements were part of that. Fat chunks of money were part of that. And all, all of it just to try and keep him from having any criminal criminal record and limit whatever potential there was for a huge suspension. <laughs> it's the only reason you do something like that. If you're if you're hundred percent innocent, you're not set I'm not if I know I'm hundred percent innocent, I did absolutely nothing wrong. I ain't settling with nobody outside of court. What's the point? Take it to court, bring the evidence, prove that I'm guilty. Yeah, Absolutely. if you know Absolutely. you didn't do it, I'm with you, Dave. That's me. I'm the yeah. same way. I know I didn't do it. I'm not giving you any money for something I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I mean, I'd go one further. You forget not settling. I'm, I'm suing you for defamation of character. I'll take you to court. I know I didn't do anything. You're not yeah. going to do that. I mean, listen, uh, Johnny Jep- Depp just did it to Amber Heard. <laughs> Amber Heard wanted $2 million settlement for her defamation to character against Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp won $15 million against her. She is broke. Anyway. On his money. Let's, let's be honest here. Yeah. Yeah. He's never going to see a dime of that. That's okay. Well, I think he said something that he didn't actually want money. That I, he was just happy to like win the case or something. I think he came out and said something to the to that effect. I wouldn't be surprised. He just got paid from Disney. I saw something. He's getting like three hundred million dollars to do the pirates movies again. So oh, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. 
Speaking so, of football, though, my last well, football topic. We can let me ask you a question. Can I? Well, I just well, not Deshaun. I want to ask you guys a question real quick. Do you think Dan Snyder winds up answering the subpoena and testifying before Congress? No, there's no reason to. No, thank you, Dave. I mean, it's, uh, if you get subpoenaed by the problem is that courts have they haven't been able to serve him the subpoena. Yeah, get subpoenaed, you you you're legally obligated to show up. So, at some point or another, they're going to find him. Uh, the, but the problem for them is that he's got enough money. He can stay out of the country and avoid them for a long time. Mm. So, uh, that'll be interesting to see whenever that moment actually unfolds. Yep. And we'll welcome him to the program here. Eric, we'll get to the, the rest of uh, the football you wanted to talk about. But Eric Pfeiffer is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Fife, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, we're obviously going to get to your correct prediction that wound up becoming true last night in a little bit. But, Eric, what did you have for your uh, last football point? Well, actually, um, I, I don't know if you want to get his opinions on Watson or, or anything first. Um, but, yeah, we talked McLaurin uh, getting paid like a top five receiver and Watson looking like it might be a year suspension. Um, we're saying bullshit on the year suspension and McLaurin's overpaid to be a top five, but we're all happy to see Washington overpaying him. Your thoughts. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. I'm sorry. Uh, I think the jury's still out on old Terry. Um, I mean, he's dynamic. He's a great downfield threat. We'll see if he's got the right guy throwing it to him downfield this year. I think that's been part of the knock. I mean, receivers are getting paid, and if Washington wanted to keep him around for a long period of time, they had to pay him. So it is what it is, you know? I mean, I feel like they sort of were forced into it a little bit, but uh, I think he has the ability to be that guy, but he's not that guy yet. So we'll see. I mean, you know, it's a wait and see with me. I'm not totally – I'm not going to 100% say he's not a top fiver. Um, you know, I think it opens the doors for guys, the door for guys to get paid more who might be better than him. Um, I'm not going to close that door. I'm not going to open one and say he is. I'm not going to close and say he's not. I think we're still waiting to see on old scary Terry. I mean, he get down feel pretty well. I didn't get He's got no QB though. That's why you don't pay a receiver right now though. It's because you got no QB. So what good yeah. is a good receiver if you got nobody who can get him the ball consistently? I, I can't uh, sit here and say I know their cap space. I know what they're going to be going into next year. Right now they got Carson, and, you know, I know he's not a long term. He's what you would call a bridge quarterback. So uh, they may have the space. They may look to trade up in a draft if they have a halfway decent season, or they might be in a position to draft quarterback next year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they may have the cap space to do that in the future, so they figure let's lock him up now and give the guy we bring in that weapon uh, make sure he's here, you know? You never know. I mean, like I said, I, I think he's got the ability to be one of those guys. He just hasn't had the right guy thrown it. Yep. We will see on that. Did you have any thoughts on the Deshaun Watson situation? Well, I mean, what a joke. It's just, we said it a few weeks ago as the Browns being the Browns. I don't know. I mean, will it be a full year? I don't know. But uh, it could be. I mean, you got to see what happens. It could happens. be more. 
should be more. I agree. Especially, I mean, I know the last stuff got dropped, but, I mean, more stuff keeps coming out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's paying, he's paying massage. From what I understand, he's paying, paying massage therapists to stick a finger in his ass. Sorry to the family listeners. But, uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I understand what he's doing. Yeah, if all doesn't like that, then, then it could be more. I didn't hear that part, but okay. Oh, yeah, Listen, yeah, he's yeah, got to yeah. pay extra for that. That's what these women are after. They're extra. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I understood it was. He thought like, that was a part of the regular fare. Right. Right. I, I, I understand. What I understood from some of the things I read is that he liked to have his um, colon massaged as well by these women. So, who knows? You know? Some with their know. tongue, I heard. Oh, God almighty. All right, what was next? What was next, Eric? What was next? All right, so this one is kind of it's, – it's football adjacent here. It's uh, something I found very interesting. I found two things very interesting, but I'm going to start with this one to transition us from football. I read a story that apparently Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell are right. going to square off in a boxing match. I saw against that. Against each other. And I just want to get your thoughts because, I mean, you look at it, and I was a huge Adrian Peterson fan for many years until I, the stuff came out with him switching his kid and whatnot, and I'm not necessarily a big fan of that. So, I mean, that necessarily didn't hurt, you know, his production on the field, but necessarily it was not the best story to come out. I haven't really looked at him necessarily the same adoring late since. But then you look at Lev Bell, who literally pissed his career away. Um so I look at these two guys as Adrian Peterson could have went down as one of the top two or three running backs of all time. You look at Lev Bell, who is a guy who probably should have more Super Bowls than he has. Although he, did he pick a couple up just along the way? I'm, I'm not sure. Did he get one with Casey? Did he get one with, was he with Tampa? I don't, think, I don't know. I don't, I don't way, think he stayed way, long two enough guys for who either. Were very underwhelming at the end of their careers. And, uh, I just want to see your thoughts on these two washed-up uh, running backs uh, going toe-to-toe for no apparent reason. Well, I, all I'm going to say real quick is, I, I, listen, I told you guys I, I thought it was a sorry state of boxing and stuff like this gets the publicity. Uh, we said that a few months ago, but um, Adrian Peterson is going to beat the living shit out of Le'Veon Bell if that winds up happening, oh, in my yeah, opinion. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I'm, I'm totally picking it all day. All day. Yeah. Yep. He's he's gonna outwork him, outbeat him, and listen. Lev Bell, in my opinion, is there for a paycheck. That's no doubt. In my opinion. Yep. Adrian Peterson's there for a beatdown. Bell's just there for a paycheck. Yep. Dave, what do you say? Oh, Dave. Ah, there we go. I'm back. Sorry. I'm um. Anyway. But, yeah, now, personally, when it comes down to the two of them boxing, I could really care less. But I do side with you guys on both aspects of AP. I I would put my money on AP winning that fight. Um, the dude is a freak of nature. We've all seen that throughout his NFL career. Uh, that was more the shifty, patient running back. That's what made him so successful. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would go with AP in, in the actual uh, boxing match. But I could care less about it actually happening. Um, I do think Le'Veon Bell would be doing it for a paycheck. And, yeah, I, I genuinely uh, – because AP hasn't announced that he's officially retired from the NFL. So, I think 
put him like this. Like, he hasn't had anybody, I don't think anybody's offered him a deal, which, I mean, at this point, makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I could care less about the two of them boxing, but I, I'd put my money on AP. Right on. Right on. Five, what do you got? Um, I'm going to keep it short. I just pulled up the rig. I'll keep my opinion on this one short and sweet. Um, I My opinion on this is that two ex-NFL players, the last thing they should be doing is boxing and taking more hits to the head. So exactly. I'm just going to go with that. Fair point. I, I don't think it's a good idea for either of them, um, so they probably shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well said on that one. But if Very they good. do do it, who are you picking? Uh, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> so it's a clean sweep there, Mike. You're you're Adrian Peterson as well, right? It's clean sweep. Yeah. Great point though. Too many hits to the head. Don't need any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great point. That and that and UFC are the last things those guys need to be doing. <laughs> so you said you were just pulling Cut off. Real quick, uh, synopsis thoughts on uh, the Stanley Cup. Right. Well, you know, you guys know I texted you in the first 10 minutes of that first period that uh, it was all Tampa. And I wanted to text at the end of the first period and say, well, it was all the abs for the rest of the period. I mean, they really came on strong. And, um, you know, they came back a lot in these playoffs. They clinched every – all four of their playoff wins were clinched on the road. Um, But I think what happened in that game six was they realized what everybody else kind of knew was you didn't want to let this team force seven on you. Um, cause at that point, you know, it's one game for the cup and, uh, it doesn't matter what happened in the previous six. And I think what they did in that game that they didn't do in the previous was they played with a sense of urgency, um, that maybe they didn't play with in game five. I thought they played a very good game. I, they took over after the first 10 minutes of the first, I was pretty much all abs after that. And. I know a lot of people were saying, well, Darcy Kemper, you know, he's not as good as Vasilevsky, which he's not. But, boy, he played good this when he played these playoffs. So, um, you know, I think that he should get more credit. Uh, they, I mean, they beat a very good team, what, 2-1 to one to clinch the cup. Um, I know there were some things that happened at the end of the game with Nikita Kucherov. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did. I did not. I did not. So, uh, Kucherov broke his stick, um, and then he went back to the bench. Uh, and the equipment manager didn't have his stick ready for him. It was about 25 seconds left in the game. So instead of, uh, you know, trying to get his stick, um, he threw his gloves at the equipment manager's head and walked off the ice. <clears throat> Pretty much bailed on his team in the last 25 seconds. Now, I'm not sure if he made it back out for the handshake line. Um, but that's that's a pretty shitty move for a guy who's just won two cups. That's, that's a Bush League move, exactly. If you just won two cups and that's the way you're going to act, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm with you there. I think that's kind of giving up on your team in the last couple of seconds. Now, granted, I'm sure a lot of emotions are going through his head. I'm sure he was upset because he knew they were on the verge of getting beat or whatever. But yeah, no, that's that's a bad look. I'd have your, yeah, that's real bad. And I hope that he came to his senses and at least apologized to that guy afterwards because I'm sure that guy didn't mean to not have his stick ready and, you know, cause a delay, you know. It just was a shitty end to, you know, the season, unfortunately. Not the one they were hoping for, but 
definitely not something he should throw his gloves at people over and and walk off the ice over. That's that's a bit of extreme. Oh yeah, yeah. and your your equipment manager takes very good care of the team. Um, I mean, a lot falls on an equipment manager's shoulders. They do a lot for the team, and they don't make nearly as much money as these guys on the ice. I understand that frustration on one hand. I, you know, on the other hand, I'd like to think that if I were in that situation, I would act a little better. Uh, another thing that I pulled from the post-game interviews with the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning was that he was being interviewed by Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks said, hey, your run is over. Uh, how do you feel about that? And, da, 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 da. and he respectfully answered the question. But it, within his answer, he said, um, our run is not over. Uh, we just happen to lose in these playoffs. So uh, I don't know what the cap situations look like for either of these teams, but expect Tampa to come back hungry. I mean, I've never seen a team win two cups like that and then continue to be hungry the way they are. They, these guys want to just keep winning. Uh, they want to build a big legacy, and you can see it. So I'm not sure what kind of core they're going to keep together or how that's going to go, but it's going to be interesting. And then, you know, I know the Avs are up against the cap a little bit, so I'm not sure how they're going to be able to stay. You know, they've got a good young core. Um, it's going to all matter on how they're able to fill it in with what they lose. You know, Nachuskin uh, played big for them in the playoffs. Uh, I know he's a free agent coming at the end of the year, and uh, the money truck, basically the way he played in the playoffs, the money truck's backing up to his driveway. And I'm not sure the Avs are going to be able to keep him around. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, As of right now, they have two of the most, probably the most dynamic defensemen I've ever seen. Uh, And I've seen some pretty good defensemen in Kale McCarr. And then they have one of the most dynamic players in the game right now, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, their captain, Landeskog, is, is a very good player. So, as of right now, they're still at the top of my list. Uh, I'm going to have to see how the offseason shakes out. Um, and then we'll leave it at that. I'd love to go over the awards, but I'm running a little late, and i got to get into the rink. So, I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, I will – I'll catch you next week. All right, brother. Get that dub. You don't yeah, have to worry right. too much about the awards either, though, because Kel McCarr pretty much sums it up. He, he won all the awards. <laughs> Give him all the awards. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to head in now. Team Red's going for 11-0. and uh, And let's play hockey. Let's play hockey. Absolutely, man. Good luck. Good Thanks, luck. guys. See you later. Stay sweaty. Yep. While we're on the cup, did you guys see right when the dude came flying up for the team picture holding the cup, he fell and dented it? Oh yeah, I saw no. that. I actually no, did I see that. Yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Like nothing hard, nothing horrible. No, no. Right on the bottom uh, of the cup, he like just happened to like catch the ice, and it dented in. Like, I'm pretty sure whoever manages that trophy like was able to pop it out in seconds. But like, I've never seen that in my life before. I was like, because I feel like those guys are like for how much you see them partying and having fun with it, like. I feel like every time those guys hold it, they hold it like it's their own child. So, like, I was just like, I was, I was kind of shocked to see that, um, and it was just a little funny thing. And I know some people like flipped out when it first happened, and everybody like literally the next morning it was already fixed. So I'm pretty sure those people that like roll it out with the gloves on and like you know like get it out onto the ice, like pretty sure one of those guys has some tool in his briefcase. He whipped it out, popped it out, and everything was good because by the next morning I think it was fixed. Mm. But Eric, yeah, you go watch the video, dude. It's a, it's like a thirty, it's not, it's like a five second clip, but like you can literally right. see the dent. I oh, saw it on, I, yeah, I saw it on Twitter when it happened. Actually, 
That's yep. how I thought it was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. <coughs> Eric, I don't know if you had anything else. And I have sure- one other thing that was related to the Adrian Peterson Levell boxing match. And that was another boxing match, or not not another boxing match, but an MMA fight that maybe could be in the future down the road. Um, okay. Based on the admiration that these two fighters, not a hate thing these two fighters have. It's actually a admiration thing. But one brought it up on a podcast and the other responded saying, you know, didn't hate the idea. Um, so it was actually what could be a very good fight. If you think about it, Gina Carano versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I didn't even think Ronda was still fighting. She's not. Neither no, of them are, but she had said in a podcast that, like, oh, she had a lot of admiration for Gina, and Gina was one of the reasons I think like she got into fighting and this, that, and the other thing, and, like, they just talked about it, and she goes, oh, well, I'd be open to it, you know, not because I'm, uh, like, a hater, but more of, like, you know, she'd be up for it, I'd be up for it. Like, I think that'd be cool. So, um, and then Gina came back and was like, oh, I'd be up for it if she'd be up for doing some movies and stuff with me, too. And, like, kind of, like, open the door. But, listen, it opened the door. And I think that would at least be a fun fight that could get people interested in a women's MMA match again. Well, the interesting thing about it is, I, if I'm not mistaken, and if we had Dave Tice here, he could probably speak on it a little better. Carano was already out of MMA by the time Rousey got yes. in. And I yeah. think that with that, I mean, I know they Ronda and, yeah. I, and I know Ronda and Cyborg was the one that everybody wanted, but it never happened. But I think Carano and Rousey probably would have qualified as one of those dream matches too. Uh, Dave, you're right. Rousey does not fight MMA anymore. She's she's in the WWE now, and she's not she's really not doing that well. If I'm being honest, she's supposed to be this killer, yet they make her smile all the time. It looks freaking ridiculous, but. Um, I think Carano would beat the shit out of Rousey if they got in the ring together in MMA. Rousey, unfortunately, is completely past her prime with MMA. And the last couple fights she but had, I mean, she really is did bad. I mean, like, I'm, I think it's more evenly matched than you might think. I, I think it would get people to interested. I think that's a fight that you could sell that card. Oh, sure. You know, I agree with you on that one. I just think Carano would beat her ass by the end of the first round. I think it'd be over. Unfortunately, I don't think Rousey has anything left MMA-wise. Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know enough about either one of these. Like, I mean, I know Ronda Rousey because she got famous, like, but I don't know enough about either one of his fighters to say who I think would win. Um, but I always like Ronda Rousey. Uh, I always, she, I always found her entertaining. Um, never good at acting. Uh, that was definitely not her forte. Um, but all in all, I, I always enjoyed her personality. I thought she was fun. So I'll go with Rhonda just to continue to support the girl. Would you, well, I guess the better question is, would you tune into that fight? If that fight is on TV, you know, next Saturday night, is that something we're talking about on the, the show Tuesday before? And, you know, are we going to be watching? That's the question. Cause to me, I'd watch that fight. I would that would be one I would try to actually tune in for. Most UFC fights nowadays, I don't even really tune in for. I catch the highlights later or whatever else. But I think I would tune in to watch that one live. 
I mean, outside of next Saturday, I'd tell you yes, because next Saturday I'll be in Vegas. Well, I just threw that out there arbitrarily. <laughs> you know what I mean. Say they set it for, like, the third Saturday in in August. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, like, if they set it, would, would that be something that you would try to put on your calendar to be like, I am going to watch this, or I'm going I would, to go to a bar, or I'm going to get together with friends, yeah, any which way yeah. you want to watch it? Or whether that you want I would just sit at home and watch it, you know, with you know yourself. I, I you know, not, however I'm, you want to watch. I'm not pay per viewing it, but I'll go to a bar and watch it. Or if it's just on TV, I'd watch. It, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not paying. I'm not spending sixty nine ninety nine to watch it. No, you, but would you actively like call your call a buddy up and be like, "Hey, you want to go check out the fight tonight? Let's go over to Miller's Ale House." Well, now that I know you'd watch it, yeah, I'll call your ass and tell you to meet me there. There you go. See, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, like, that's what I mean. It's like that. That that's what I was looking for. Is like, would you? Is it something that like you would actually look forward to watching? And I feel like it would be. So, like to me, this is actually is something that was interesting and fun and uh, something I, I kind of like. Yeah, it's like a dream kind of matchup for people that were like big into MMA and women's MMA. Me, I'm not that big into it. I'm kind of more like you, Dave. I mean, I know more of Ronda Rousey. I've seen a couple of her fights but I really don't know Gina Carano's fights. I know her more from acting. Um, so, but I know she's, she's a beast. <laughs> like, even in acting, like I could tell, like this, this woman could do some damage. Um, so yeah, I, I just find it really interesting and intriguing and uh, something fun that was a little bit different. And that wasn't something rooted in hate either. It was actually an admiration for, from Rhonda that, that she had for Gina that kind of made her say, like, you know what? If she'd be open to it, I'd be open to it. I think it would be a cool fight to have. So, like, to me, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Nice throwback. Yeah, I mean, Dave, like you, I'd watch it myself. I ain't paying the money for it. I'd find my illegal live stream, and then I'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, you can find them. <laughs> yep. All right. Um... Let's move on here. I, Eric, I think like you, there's not really too much to talk about baseball-wise this past week, so I'm going to share you guys the story of my Sunday because this past Sunday was my dad's 70th birthday. So, you know, this was all my sister's idea. We went to Yankee Stadium. Hold on. Can we preface this by the Yankees had just been previously no hit the day before? Yes, they were. Yes, okay, they were. so the Yankees were the previous day no hit. Saturday they were no hit, and now Sunday Mike is going mm. to the game. All right, so first of all, when I'm going to Yankee Stadium, I can't wear 90% of my wardrobe, obviously, because it's all Mets shit. Can't wear that going to Yankee Stadium. It, it, it like because oh, other times, huh? I'm so glad you're not one of those people. That shit drives like why like I hate I don't know that shit drives me nuts. Like I get it, like if it's a hat, but like full gear, I'm just like come on. Anyway, yeah, I'm if it listen. I don't like people going to City Field wearing different teams' outfits to begin with. If it's the team that's actually playing them, all right, still don't like it, but that's understandable. If you're just going to show up at Yankee Stadium and wear Met shit, or there was a dude wearing a freaking Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey, you could just tell he didn't know where the fuck he was. I, I don't understand that shit. So I, I'm picking out, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to wear a plain shirt. So I picked a gray shirt to wear. So I got to Yankee Stadium. Uh, we, me and my dad were outside the stadium. We're waiting for my sister to get there. And I start looking around. I'm just like, oh, fuck, I wore gray because I saw someone pass me in a gray Yankee shirt. I'm just like, oh, shit, I blend in. 
I didn't mean to blend in. I didn't mean to do that. So, Eric, that's the closest I'm ever going to come to wearing Yankee shit in my life. Um, we get there. Game starts. First of all, $45 for parking. Just drinks way too much. and Everything's just ridiculously overpriced. But, Eric, I think you said that a few weeks ago is the reason why you don't go to Yankee games anymore. So there's that. You know, that's just sporting in general. Like, And trust me, I love live events, but like going to giant stadium, any of these stadiums, it's no picnic anymore. It's not easy and it's not cheap. No, no, definitely not. So we get, we get to Yankee stadium. The game is starting. My sister is not a big baseball fan. So how Jose Altuve gets up to bat. And of course, Yankee stadium boos him mercil- mercilessly. Did he really cut out on his own story? Oh, dun, dun, dun. Like, <laughs> I have to cut out. Like, he actually has a story to tell. Like, this isn't just like highlights. Oh, yeah. I feel terrible for him right now because he's going to have to start and, back at one. You got to start back at one there, Mike. You, you cut out right when you said my sister and then oh, you cut. <laughs> like, okay. Cut to black. <laughs> my sister is not a big baseball fan. So, how, Jose Altuve gets up to bat. And, of course, Yankee Stadium starts booing him mercilessly. And Dina looks at us, and she goes, why is everybody booing him? So I turned to explain to her this, the, the cheating scandal and everything. That's the moment that Altuve leads off the game with the home run. While I'm looking at her, I'm not looking at the game. That's typical. That's typical. Shit like that has happened to me before. You guys hear that? Yeah, we're with you, Mike. All right. And I'm going to be honest, we get to the seventh thing. I'm pissed off at Yankee Stadium, Eric. I'm pissed off at Yankee Stadium because my sister paid, what was it, like 35 bucks or something to get the, on, the, on the big Jumbotron, my dad's name, a little birthday greeting on the screen and everything. And she texted us what she was putting in there. Said, but to Michael Aglia, Laura, love from your children, Michael, Dina, and Chris. You know what got on the screen? Dina and Chris's name, not mine. Fuck Yankee Stadium. And then right after that, my dad's like, oh, let's leave. Let's leave so we can beat traffic. This is the seventh inning. We had just saw Stanton break up the no-hitter. Second no-hitter. Yankees got no hit into the sixth inning. Stanton hits the home run to uh, make it three to one and break up the no-hitter. Seventh inning. My dad wants to leave to beat traffic. So we heard about Judge hitting the three-run home run to win the game in my sister's apartment in Queens. <laughs> that's horrible yeah and we don't leave games early we we never really leave games early this was his idea he wanted to leave early yankees came back and won on a judge it's the second walk-off shot judge hit against the astros during that four-game series so that was that was ironic my dad just kept saying you could tell he's my father because he's saying oh you know if we stayed they would have lost who does that sound like to you guys? Oh, so <laughs> where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds like Mike if I ever heard it. That, 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 that actually, no wonder why you got his name. Yeah, that, that makes complete mm-hmm. sense. I, for the record, I'm not a junior. We have different middle names. But, yeah, I'm. when I was growing up, I was little Michael. He's big Michael. And now I'm taller than everybody in the family. So <laughs> there you go. That's my. You're that was my. Still little Michael, though, right? Not anymore. Not anymore. Now I'm younger. Yeah. No, they can't call me little Michael when I'm like a foot taller than everybody else. Well, not a foot, but I got a good three, four inches on just about everybody in the family. I'll tell you this. I met um, the day before, so Saturday. 
we had a big family thing over at David's mom's house, my aunt's house. Uh, so I got to see cousin David and everything. One of cousin David's aunts is very tiny. I got to tell you, I ain't seen her since I was a kid. She is like four foot nothing. And she comes up to me. Oh, you're so tall now. And I go to give her a hug. I'm just like, holy shit, you're short. I just look at David. I was just like, dude, she's pocket sized. <laughs> For a second there, I thought you told me she listens to sports. No, no. She knew about it. Like we talked about it, everything. Very no, nice. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, very. David's aunts are cool as hell. And obviously I love David's mom and his dad, the great people. So a nice little family weekend for us. So it was cool. Hey, take it. Time with yep. the family is priceless. So you take mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Do you? Oh, go ahead. If I if I can ask, and this, I mean, I guess this is more directed at Eric than, but Mike, I'm sure you'll have your two cents on it. Like, if if Aaron Judge keeps playing the way he's been playing, like stays on the exact same pace he's been on for almost the first half of the year, like, are a do, how badly do the Yankees regret not signing him this past off season, and and B, do the Yankees keep him and and see like. How much money is he going to get paid? Like, holy shit. It's going to start with a four in front of it. And I'm going to go back to one of my favorite movies and a quote from uh, John Malkovich. Pay that man his money. <laughs> what, movies, <laughs> what movies? What movies? Rounders. Roundy. Rounders. Oh, I only saw that movie one time. Okay. Oh, my. Love that movie. I watched that movie like 50 times in my life. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. When Damon beats him, and he's like, "Fuck,", fuck. and then he's like, "No, no, he beat me straight up. Pay that man his money." And that's what I feel like with Judge right now is he has said to the Yankees, "Okay, you didn't want to pay me what I thought I needed last off season. I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna prove it this year, and I'm gonna get my money." Like, and he has done nothing but everything this year. Like, he has – he, he at home runs, RBIs, hitting for average. He's one of the only guys on the team batting over 300, like, consistently all year. Like, he's he's been there. He's been healthy, something you rarely hear of Aaron Judge, but healthy and playing. Well, like, doing a ridiculous level, and he is clearly the leader of the ball club, clearly the leader in the clubhouse – and every time he goes out and has some game-winning hits like he did this weekend, you might as well just add another uh, add another digit. Like, the digit wheel just keeps turning because mm. he's playing this year. And uh, if he doesn't get it, if he if the Yankees don't start with at least a four in front of that number, it's probably going to be around – and this is crazy. I'm going to say something crazy here. But I think most people are going to look at $40 million a year for eight years. And they think the judge is going to want that. If I'm the Yankees, I would think about doing something really stupid. And here's what I would do with Aaron Judge. Because I don't want to give him eight years. We all know he's health-wise, whatever. But next year when he starts this contract, he's going to be 31 years old. I want to give him, if I'm the Yankees front office, if I'm Brian Cashman, I'm thinking about this. Six-year deal. 50 million a year, 300 million done. I don't, I don't know how, it, I don't know how he would be able to turn that down. 
I don't think that's really that stupid, all things considered. Because if I you mean, think, of, but if you think about it, if you did eight years at forty million, that's three twenty. So technically, yeah. he would be taking twenty million dollars less in an overall contract, but he would be getting fifty million a year. But at least gets the Yankees out from under it within six years. You don't have to have when he's thirty-eight and thirty-nine years old this contract of forty million dollars on the books for a guy. We know at 38, 39 years old probably isn't going to hold up for for a season. Mm-hmm. See, the Yankees are in a difficult position right now, and uh, I'll give my two cents here. Um, what do you guys they, think of that, though? You think that's a no, fair offer? Like, do you think that I'm crazy for for throwing that kind of money out? I mean, no. would, it would easily make him the highest average annual paid player in the league by mm. far. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I mean, look, I figure most teams are going to be willing to hand that man a blank check, so that doesn't sound too bad. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say, I think the Yankees are in a difficult position right now. I mean, the offer that they made him at the beginning of the season, $217 million for eight years or seven years. Eric, was it seven or eight? Seven. Okay. I thought it was a fair offer, all things considered, when you take age and the amount of injuries he's had to this point. I thought it was fair. I got why he turned it down, not really thinking he was worth Mike Trout kind of money. I still don't think long-term he's worth that. But I think the problem the Yankees have right now is they haven't really been inclined to give the big contracts out, except for they're still paying Stanton for another five years. And you got another five or six years of the Garrett Cole contract. And I think those two contracts, you're paying two guys over $30 million a year. That's no, we, don't, pro- we only pay Stan, I think, 27 Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry for getting that one wrong. No, but for most guys, there are a lot of guys in the league now getting paid over 30 So, I mean, a guy like Stan, yeah, but how many t- he does at 27 isn't actually looking like a terrible deal right now. Yeah, but how many of those teams have two guys, one making 30-something, the other one making 27? There's not that many teams you could say have that. I mean, it's the Yankees, it's the Dodgers, it's the Mets, basically. Maybe the Padres now with that Tatis contract, now that I think about it, they got him and Machado. That's about it, though. You can count them on one hand. So I just wonder how much of a deterrent that is for them to give him the money. They can't let him leave after this season, though. They're going to be buried by the media if they let him leave, no matter where he goes. But let's be honest, no matter who signs him to that contract, Eric, you're right about the fact they're not going to recoup the full value because even if you get two or three years of him still at a high level, the back end of that contract, you know he's not going to perform it. So that's why I say 50 mil a year for six years. I mean, you got the right idea there. Somebody's going to get a $50 million a year contract at some point. We already got Scherzer making $40 million for this season. So I don't think you're that far off on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I definitely. I, I think like the earlier you can get out of it, it costs you more money in that time. On average, it's still worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that even though I tell you, cousin David comes up to me on uh, Saturday and he goes, I wanted to go on the show last week and tell Eric, hey, Eric, you know, the Mets are going to wind up signing judge. And I just looked at him. I was like, dude, you can't say that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it would happen. I don't think so. either. I don't think the Yankees would really let that happen. I think if they had to open it up further, they'd open it up further. But yeah, I don't know. 
We'd see. I mean, listen, maybe Cohen's got $55 million he wants to throw around yearly to him. Who knows? What well, kind of stupid uh, money people want to do? But if I'll it happens, say- listen, I can't, I can't blame Judge for taking it because he is going out this year and earning every dollar with his play. He is literally playing like an MVP caliber player. And if that's the player you're trying to sign, then I can't blame him for getting his money. Like, I, I again, the same thing with Terry McLaurin. If somebody was willing to pay him that much, by all means, take what you can get. But, you know, is he going to be worth that contract after five years? Probably not. Like, I look at that as probably, like, the next five years are, like, the next three years are probably, like, Judge's prime. He's still in his prime. And I think everything after that, you're going to start to see a decline, especially health-wise. He's a big guy. Yeah. It's only a matter of time until that body starts breaking down more than it already has. And uh, listen, I love him. I think he's going to be a long-time Yankee. They find a way to get it done after the season. But if they don't, I can't blame him for getting his money somewhere else. Yeah. Nah, and I think I think the, the main reason I don't see Judge coming to the Yankees is – I don't think Cohen is vindictive against the Yankees just yet. I think he should be vindictive against a lot of other clubs for things that have gone on behind the scenes the last couple of years since he took over. Yankees ain't one of those teams. I so. agree with that, but they also haven't been trying to outbid him on anything either. Like they weren't trying to outbid him for Scherzer and drive the price up. They weren't trying to drive the price up on anybody. Else. Right. So right. I figure like, you know, listen, maybe that, that's okay by Cohen. So he's like, all right, then I may, I won't do the same to you, but I'm sure if the Yankees started to fuck with him and, you know, started to, you know, try to outbid him, I'm sure that would start to piss him off. Well, you know, listen, no. maybe, you know, for now he's, he's, quiet and we'll try to keep them that way while we try to reassign judge yeah no i think you guys are safe on that one so it will be interesting what did you guys think dave i don't know if you heard this one eric i'm sure you heard it so this past weekend i guess was the first weekend that freddie freeman and the dodgers went into atlanta since freeman left there was the big ceremony for everybody getting the championship rings and everything freddie freeman was very emotional in his first return back. And then today the news broke. It was either today or yesterday that Freddie Freeman fired his agent and is going to be looking for new representation because, and I think you guys had heard about this. Uh, Freeman had an offer on the table from the Braves. The agent basically tried to drive the price up. And when Atlanta knew that they weren't going to match that, that's when they went out and traded for Matt Olson. Pretty apparent Freddie Freeman did not want to leave Atlanta, and I'm guessing he blames the agent for that because now he fired him. Dave, I don't know if you heard this one. What are your, what are your thoughts? Oh, no, I, I heard about the whole thing. I even saw a video of him like up to the round uh, he got. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's fair to assume that after that experience and then he goes back and fires his agent after it, I, I think really – Shows you how much he loved Atlanta and how much he wanted to stay there. But, you know, the man's a professional and he doesn't have to play too many games in Atlanta. So he'll get over it pretty quickly. But, and his agent got him more money. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he'll sleep okay. But, yeah, I'm sure he had a little bit of an emotional day and made an emotional decision. You know, yep. to me, like lawyers, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, the good ones are the good ones, but there's a lot of good ones that are out there. 
Very true. Very true. Eric, did you hear about this one? I did hear about it. Um, and again, I'm I'm kind of like Dave. You know, yeah, he's crying that he's not in Atlanta while he's you know rubbing his eyes and you know drying his eyes with hundred dollar bills. I'm I'm not <laughs> not the, the tears of sorrow for him don't really ring <laughs> with me right now. But at the same time, like he's uh. You know, I'm sure upset that it didn't get worked out. I'm sure he does blame his agent for passing on that offer and trying to drive the price up. Because um, once he made the trade, he knew he wasn't going back there. And that was probably devastating to him because where his agent was probably telling him, oh, no, this is just a negotiating play. Let me do what I do for you, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, he ended up not going where he wanted to go, but still got paid a lot of money. So, again, it's like how much can you really, you know, cry for the guy? I can't cry for him too much i really can't so and if yeah. you think about it he could have stepped in at every moment and be like dude stop posturing just get this done yeah exactly you do something anything like and i he just didn't he didn't get anything done and um it was i think too much haggling for a small amount the braves offer i think was at least 30 million a year right wasn't it like six for 180 or something like that uh, not 180. I think it was like five for 135, if I'm not mistaken. So that's still 30 okay. million a year. Yeah. No, it's around there. It's a little less, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's something that he, uh, he kind of looks at and is like, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Like maybe it w- was it worth trying to push for an extra 10 million if that's where you really truly wanted to be. So it's like, I, again, I, I, I don't know. That's where it's, how much of that was his agent? How much of that was him? Because again, if he, you know, actually held firm with his agent, said, "No, I want this deal. I want to stay with the Braves," he would have just signed the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he listened to, you know, his advice. He listened to his counsel, and this is where it got him. So I'm sure he's upset about it after the fact. But hey, you know, he's gonna again dry his tears with more money than. I'll ever see. So I can only feel bad to him for him first, like to a certain point. <laughs> mm. And for me, I'm just happy. We don't have to see him 19 times this season now. So we got that going for us. Yeah. It's only six <laughs> now. right? I think you're right. Yeah. And next year it'll probably be less because next year, every team plays every team rotating. Every day, there's going to be an interleague series every day. Yep. No. So I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not crazy about it either. It takes away the divisional importance. But uh, anyway, I think that'll do it for baseball. Oh, I got to bring this up. Do you guys love how I bad-mouthed the Astros last week and they beat the shit out of the Mets for two days and no-hit the Yankees on Saturday? Yeah, boy, I was wrong about that, wasn't I? Houston's a good team. Yeah. Work out. <laughs> all right. Hey, we, but we're still doing all right, Mike. We're still doing. We're still in first place and second place, respectively. I mean, I mean, we're in first place. You're you're in second overall. I mean, first in your division, first in the NL. But you know, not. we're getting our we're getting our asses kicked by the Astros right now because they scored four in the first inning. So yeah, yeah. No, you're right though. Grand scheme of things, we're doing all right. We're doing all we're right. We're doing all right. Trade deadline is going to be interesting though. I'm very intrigued to see where both teams go at this trading deadline. If Scherzer had his second rehab start pushed back a day. DeGrom supposedly is still on course. We'll see what happens there. And the Mets really need another big bat. So 
What do you think the big areas of need for the Yankees are? Um, big area for need is we always need bullpen help, but we got to find, I mean, listen, my dad loves Gallo's glove and whatever else. I, I, I don't like Gallo. And I think we need to do something about our outfield because an outfield that has Hicks and Gallo in it eventually. Again, I know the Yankees are playing well now. I, I hope they keep riding that train. But at the same time, I really don't trust having Hicks and Gallo. And if we have to rely on those guys in the lineup for long stretches of time late in the season, we're going to be hurting for it. So I hope if they make any moves, it's to dump Gallo and maybe bring in another outfielder who can uh, bring a little bit more production. I know that's weird to say when the Yankees have scored the most runs and given up the least amount of runs in the league. They've, they've done both. And that's weird to say, too, because – you know, here I'm complaining about Gallo's hitting and I'm complaining about, you know, or it sounds like I'm complaining about the, you know, bullpen, but I'm really not. It's just an embarrassment of riches. I just want more. Like, you know, yeah, we're, we're doing all right, but I, I want more. Can't hurt. Bring in some reinforcements. Yep. I agree. One more out of your sports team. Yep. Yep. All right, I think that'll do it for baseball there. Did anybody have anything else sports-related to bring up tonight? I think Wimbledon's starting. Did I hear something about that next week? Is that next Tuesday? No, Wimbledon's are already going on. Serena got knocked out. Yeah. Day one? Is is this day one? Uh, Day one of the singles, yeah. And she's out already? Damn. Yeah, she got eliminated in the first round, I heard, right? Yeah, she's out in singles, but she uh, won her doubles match yesterday. Oh, is it her and Venus? Has uh, she no. ever been ousted that early? Yeah, she lost in the first round. I mean, she's coming off a serious uh, error ACL and MCL or some shit. Uh, their first time playing, playing competitive tennis in over a year, so. Yeah, I guess you got to cut her a break then. Mm-hmm. This year. This year. <laughs> True. What else you got? Nothing. At least oh, I- the only other thing I got that I'm going to bring up is how about Kyrie Irving? You know, signing the contract and going back with the Nets. Like, obviously, they weren't going to extend him and pay him another match contract. And he really tried to leverage the situation to get out of there. But the thing is, nobody else wants him. So I just found that funny, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Kyrie Irving because, as we all know, he's a super talented basketball player when he wants to be, but he doesn't always want to be a super talented basketball player. Sometimes he wants to be a social justice warrior. Sometimes he just wants to be. Like, you know, you never know what what Kyrie wants to do on any given day, and that's the problem with Kyrie. But that's also why nobody really wanted him. Nobody wanted to trade for him and nobody wanted to pay him another big contract. So you weren't going to give up a whole load of draft picks and people for a guy who's going to be a one year rental and who you don't know if you're going to get a full season out of. But the fact that Kyrie thought he could leverage anything after the bullshit he's pulled over the last few years to leverage himself into a better position. is laughable to me. Laughable. And then the fact that didn't he put like as one of the trading partners for them the 76ers? Yeah. Harden didn't want to play with him in there with the Nets. You think he's gonna bring come bring him in there? 
I don't know. Like this to me was a wild little story, and then the fact that he goes after after being so adamant about, oh no, I'll go sign the min, the veteran minimum, and go play with L.A. because apparently he really wanted to go to L.A. The problem is, is that L.A. can't bring him in because L.A.'s got no cap space, and the Nets aren't going to take back Russell Westbrook's shitty contract. So they they really had no they had no room for him. They couldn't sign him. They couldn't do anything. So. To me, that's funny. He couldn't leverage himself where he wanted to go, and now he has to crawl back and he signed this deal. Which again, I'm not crying for the guy. He signed a 36 point what six or seven million dollar deal. Yeah, Something ridiculous. So good for you. You signed your one year deal. You'll be a halftime player for you know the the Nets here, and you'll try to bamboozle somebody into giving you a max deal next year. I don't think he's ever going to come for Kyrie again. I really don't think he's ever getting a max contract again from anybody. Your thoughts? Dave, I know we talked about this earlier, but go ahead. Well, I mean, look, I, I, if you told me the Bulls could get him, I, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's a pain in the ass. He's la- what are you going to trade? What are you going to trade for him? What are you going to give up to get him? Well, and that's that's the point is, like you said, is that there's really nothing you're going to give up or be willing to give up that would justify what he is. And that that to me is like you said, if you add him to the Bulls right now or the Bulls, a championship team, if you were to go out and sign that money, say the Bulls had enough to sign him to a max deal and they could sign him. Are they a championship caliber team with Kyrie Irving? With Kyrie, Kawhi. Oh my God! Uh, Lonzo Ball, Bean Ball, Vucevic. I think they could compete in the East, definitely. That is that is a pretty deep. I don't. I don't think so, though. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Kyrie makes him that that type of team. If Kyrie feels like showing up and actually playing and not pulling any of the bullshit, I think it does. The only thing, the only title Kyrie's ever won, he had LeBron there. So again, I'm not putting all my faith into Kyrie being some great winner. But that, let's that, not. That some, let's he, not. He's for, not. He's a bum. He's a bum. But wait, 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 wait. First, first of all, right into his social justice nonsense, and now he's really he's literally stealing money from people. Like the amount, like he, he is, he, he is the worst. I'm going well, listen, l- listen. first of all, like Eric, I don't disagree with you on that one, because if you remember when he hit free agency in 2019, I was the one saying I wouldn't sign him because of all the bullshit that comes with him off the court. So I agree with At you the on time, that. One. I thought it was worth it. At the time, I thought it was worth it. All right, no, I, I, the road, yeah. I, I was I, ahead I, of the I, curve on that. Down, one. Yeah, yeah. Give you props on that, Mike. I'll, I'll bow down and give you props because. It wasn't worth it to me at the time. I think I was screaming for yes, sign Kyrie and KD with the Knicks and bring them on in. I'm I'm kind of glad it didn't go that route now. Although mm-hmm. it would have been some exciting basketball, it really isn't worth the headache in the long run, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't have brought a championship to the Knicks. And that's ultimately what I want to see. Yeah. Now the one thing I will correct you on: you brought up the championship with LeBron. Just remember. Without Irving, they don't win that game six and seven because he actually kind of outplayed LeBron in those. No, 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 you have it wrong. If Draymond Green plays, well, yeah, yeah, I can't argue that one. But I'm just saying, win the series at all. So I don't want to hear about Kyrie's heroics because it it was still Bron Bron's team, and they still would have got beat if Draymond didn't get suspended, and he shouldn't have been suspended. 
So I, I mean, if Kevin Love ever played the way he was supposed to with the two of them, maybe we wouldn't be having the conversation entirely. We could do what ifs what all day. Just saying, shit happened the way it did on that one. I, I'm not going to take that one away from him, but it also doesn't change my opinion of he's not worth it to bring into a team chemistry-wise. So, anyway. Anything else sports-wise? Mm, not sports-wise. Okay. I have a TV show I want to bring up this week because I know you Hold guys. On. Before you bring oh. up a TV show, though, and before Dave uh, uh, has to go, I did want to say, and I don't know if you guys have seen, I did see the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, you did? So, cool. I did. I caught it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I, I didn't even remember it was dropping last week. Um, yeah, so it dropped on Disney Plus. I happened to watch it, and I was not super impressed. I was like, "Oh, all right." It was uh, it's okay. It was cool. Like some of the things are cool. Like some of the scenes, obviously, um, were cool. But <coughs> do you yeah, think it would? Do you think it would have hurt you differently if you hadn't been spoiled by it the last couple months? Because we know you got spoiled by it. Oh no, not no, because I think I think I, I still went into it like with you know expectations and whatnot. No, I don't think that the the spoilers and the things I heard affected my viewing. Um, because again, if a good movie is a good movie, like you know. Uh, but and I'm not saying it was a bad movie; it was a good movie. It's just I think that it could have been better. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like Doctor, it was more like, you know, it wasn't really Doctor Strange 2. It was, like, it was more like America Chavez and Doctor Strange. Like, it was more like, I, I, I don't know. And I don't think they did a good enough backstory with her. And also well, by the end, he's just like, trust yourself. And she's like, oh, yeah, now I can go fight Wanda. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it just... Some of it works for me. Not all of it works for me. Um, at the end there, when Clea jumps in there and is like, oh, you know, you started an incursion. Come on, we got to go. Like, I don't know. A lot of that just, it was there. I was like, all right, like, guess we'll figure out what that means. But at the same time, I'm like, do I really care at this point? Like, I don't know. When he, when he, I really wanted to see a little bit different of a story, is I guess where it came from. And I maybe because of those expectations, but again, I don't think I need anything in bigger and grander in scale. It was just the way they told the story. Like, I don't know. I just felt like the, from the second it opened, it was like, here's America Chavez running with a different Doctor Strange. And like, you know, you have no, you have no setup for it, no anything. And she just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Some of it just didn't really super work for me. And I'll take your guys' opinions and thoughts on it. Overall, I would put it in, like, the middle of the Marvel movies. I don't even think I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the first Doctor Strange. Um, I do, do think I enjoyed the first Doctor Strange a little bit more. Um, but that being said, I guess we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really know what him jumping into wherever the heck he jumped to is going to do for anything. Mm. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Go ahead, Dave. 
I mean, I actually watched it a second time when it came out last week, uh, and I actually enjoyed it more the second time than I did the first time. Um, I enjoyed it the first time, but like, I I wasn't like blown away or, you know, completely and utterly wowed by it. Um, but the second time, I actually enjoyed it more than the first time, um, and I do think, all in all, like it does, it, it really. I don't know. To me, it just really shows you how badass Wanda is. Um, I think we all know she's not dead. Um, like, we're just all well aware of that. So, interesting to see what they're going to do with her character um, and how they're going to kind of, like, bring all that full circle. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed it, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's not my favorite Marvel movie. I can definitely say that. I haven't seen it a second time yet. I mean, I told you guys when it came out, I kind of put it in the in the top 15, which, you know, the movies that I have between 11 and 15, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, I definitely put it in there. I definitely thought it was better than the first one. Uh, there's there's things that I wasn't, like, it was, a, it was definitely a good movie. I definitely really liked it. <clears throat> There were things I would have changed about it if I could have, but overall, I thought it was—I thought it was really good. And you guys know I—I I, I popped when um, Xavier came out and they started playing the X Men animated series theme. Loved that. Oh, that was great! And again, I don't—I'll I'll be honest. I'm gonna throw out another thing here. They seem like they're pretty. That A three universe was pretty advanced. Seemed like they had a pretty good handle of the threats and the beings that were in their universe. I have a feeling they're not dead. I have a feeling that even though we saw Wanda kill them, that the stones in that universe, I don't think were atomized by Thanos. And why can't the Eye of Agamotto bring those guys right back? So I I don't know that they're dead. And I am still leaning towards, I think they're going to push for Krasinski to direct and star in the new Fantastic Four. I think that you could see maybe that 838 universe as part of an incursion universe in the future. Um... I don't know, just some of my early thoughts about that. But, yeah, I don't know that you'd necessarily have to consider everybody dead in that universe or all the heroes dead anyway. And plus, now they're all going to have a chip on their shoulder, including that Wanda from that reality, are all going to have a chip on their shoulder for the 616. So does that affect anything? Do they come after? Is that what causes the incursion with the 616 and gives us battle world where maybe the two worlds are colliding and battling? I, I don't know. Um, they're going to do some kind of story like that. We already kind of know they're gearing up towards Secret Wars and Battle World and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I, I just, so again, movie enjoyable, but I think I, it's still not a clear picture on where exactly we're heading and how all this fits together. Mm. Uh, I was always under the impression... <coughs> <clears throat> My personal theory is if we see those characters again, it's going to be from a different universe, not that one. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense if we are heading to Secret Wars and maybe we do see them again. It's not like anybody... 
in comics, nobody's supposed to stay dead. Everybody winds up coming back in some way, shape, or form anyway. I mean, they killed Magneto like 15 times in the comics, so could happen. Could happen. What do you say, Dave? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, my bad, muted. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, it, I it opens up a whole world. If the world we've grown up watch, or you know, grown up or watched over the last twenty years is six one six, well, who's number one? You know, how how high do you go? Like, so it opens up a whole world where maybe they're dead in that universe, but alive in another universe. Who the hell knows? So I think you know, it, it really does open up a whole thing, and you know, I just. I like to believe Marvel has a game plan and I just hope the game plan works and it just doesn't become a giant clusterfuck where we're all just like, I don't even know what universe I'm watching anymore. <laughs> Feige came out and said that everything's supposed to get a lot clearer so a lot sooner, but uh, it's wait to be seen. I, I don't know. I wonder if Thor is going to have anything in there that could help maybe point us in a certain direction. But I mean, I am looking forward to Thor. I'm looking forward to the new Guardians. I'm looking forward to the new Black Panther. I'm kind of hoping, I know we know that from all the rumors and reports out there that they're going towards like Namor appearing in there. But I'm almost hoping and I've you know heard some things out there that maybe Doctor Doom shows up there. Maybe that's a good way to introduce him rather than trying to introduce him in the, Fant- in the Fantastic Four and you know maybe you have the fantastic four go after somebody else to start you know and build doom up a different way um but either way i think eventually if they're going towards all the things they want to go to um we know that there's kang out there but i'm going to imagine that eventually you know in the next couple of years we're probably going to start seeing doom show up and stuff I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up before fantastic four i'm just going to be interested to see what actor they're going to have playing him truthfully so I can see that. Whoever they cast there, because that's going to be a villain that crosses multiple movies. He's going to be uh, like a Thanos level type type villain. You've got to cast somebody like that could stand up to that role. So I, who that is, I don't know, but I just hope whoever it is, they're damn good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, right. that, Marvel's track record's good, so I, I got no of course. That's what I was just going to say. If there's one thing Marvel has been consistently good at. It's their casting, you know. I, I mean, some movies Which, have hit, some movies haven't. Some of their series have hit. Some of their series haven't. Whatever, but like, you don't look at any even of the, the series that haven't hit though. The characters have been good. Like Kate Bishop was was good. I mean, she was uh, Haley Steinfeld. She was good in that role. You look oh, yeah. at the girl who's playing Miss Marvel right now. I, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's phenomenal in this role as Miss Marvel. Like she's, she plays a great teenage kid trying to, you know, navigate through things and whatever. Very believable. Like I think she's got Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight. You know, you guys know me. I wasn't the biggest fan of Moon Knight, but the one thing I'm not going to tell you is that Oscar Isaac's performance wasn't great. It was fantastic. Like, you know what I mean? Ethan Hawke's fantastic. Like, you know, regardless of the writing in the show, like the acting was still very good. So, um, yeah, I think Marvel has an awesome track record. That's so even Feige, I trust for now, you know, you Mm -hmm. got to until he he starts to, to fail on bigger levels. Iman Vellani is the actress's name who plays Kamala Khan. And yes, she's really good. She's really good. Very good. Dave, I can't remember. Are you caught up on Miss Marvel? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. What did you guys think of last episode? I thought that was a pretty interesting fight scene 
because you it makes sense that you have a teenage girl who doesn't know how to fight and now you have these adults tag, uh, attacking her. I like the way they did that, truthfully. I was okay with it. I mean, again, it's like, you know, if it was real life, she would have got beaten to a pulp, not knowing her powers and those people knowing what they're doing. It wouldn't have been much of a fight. Um, but it's because, you know, it's a show and whatnot. So, I mean, but again, it was nice. It was a good moment. It was a good episode. I, I didn't mind it. I mean... I think you're kind of, uh, you know, I'm interested to see the gin and what they turn out to be in Marvel lore or whatever, like what they're trying to build up to here. Um, you saw that the bangle was taken off of somebody with a blue arm, so probably a Cree of some sort, you know, relic. Uh, probably a mix of like, you know, we've heard about with the Nega bands or whatever they are, and, you know, that the original Miss. Uh, the original Marvel had. Um, I don't know if maybe they're going that way. The, the fact that they mentioned in the show that there's actually two bands, and we know that she only has the one right now. So I don't know if maybe her grandmother in Pakistan, right? That's where they're going. I, I think so. The name of town, but that when they, whenever she goes back to to visit her grandmother, I imagine her grandmother's going to have that other bangle somewhere. That, that's what I think we're kind of leading to there. The other thing I'm going to say, though, is it's kind of weird that we're like halfway through this show. And again, we still really don't know what it fully is more than just an origin story for Miss Marvel. And I really like keep thinking, every time I think about this and I'm like, but really, where's the bigger villain? Where's this? There is that. I go back to something Dave said a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it was Dave who said that uh, you have to look at it as like there's six episode arcs that like if they don't work they get thrown away so this is just six episodes of building up miss marvel to see if everybody really likes her because she is going to have a role in you know the next the next marvel movie like <laughs> they're trying to build up her character so i i looking at it through that lens i think they're doing a good job with it she is excellent in the role so it's just i hope that down the line the stories get better and the writings get better and i hope the movie is better when she does join Captain Marvel and, you know, probably Maria Rambeau as well um, to face whatever threat they face in that movie. Mm. What do you say, Dave? Uh, honestly, I don't think I can say it any better than Eric just said it. I really mm. think that it's had, like, there's a lot of questions, but I feel like most of these Marvel series have been like that. Um, some of them have brought it full circle. Other ones have left you hanging, and that's been you know, probably the more disappointing ones that we've seen. Um, but, you know, the girl that plays that character is, is amazing, and I think does a great job of playing uh, that character. And uh, I, I'm interested to see where it goes. And, you know, uh, what sucks is if they leave you with a cliffhanger for the next Captain Marvel movie, like, I don't think that's due out until, like, 2024. So um, that would really suck. I thought it was next year. I could be wrong, but if it is next mm. year, later in the year. Mm. True. No. All right. Yeah, we can keep going here. I want to bring up uh, a different type of TV show real quick. Does anybody watch the shows on Paramount Plus? Um, uh, is that... <laughs> I think so. I watch a couple shows on Paramount Plus. I watch Steel Team, which moved from CBS to Paramount. Watch the challenge. Um, I think Yellowstone is now on Paramount Plus. I've seen some episodes of that, although I'm not fully caught up. It is a show that I probably want to get more into. Um, 
and RuPaul's Drag Race, I believe, on Paramount Plus too. Uh, that Janice watches. Okay, definitely not where I was going with that. But um, yeah, no, there is a show on Paramount Plus that I had heard about a little while ago. And um, I'm pretty sure I can say this with some degree of confidence. I've probably seen the Godfather movies more than both you guys combined. Truthfully, I don't know how big a fan of those movies you guys are, but I love the Godfather movies. They have a show on there about the making behind the hey, scenes Mike. of... Huh? Are you making me an offer? I can't refuse. Oh, stop that. Oh, stop that. Um, yes, but that's exactly where we're going here. The offer based on the making of uh, The Godfather. I finally watched it last week. It's 10 episodes, miniseries. It's really well done. But I'm guessing you guys haven't seen this yet, right? No. I have heard mm. good things about it, though. Yeah. Miles Teller's in I, that, too, right? And he's really good. He's really good. He plays He's really Albert. good in Top Gun, too, if you haven't seen that yet. I still have not. I'm going to try to see it over the next couple of days, but I, st I still haven't seen that yet. But, yeah, he's really good. He plays Albert Ruddy, the producer of, God, of The Godfather. Uh, I think the guy's name is Matthew Good. He plays Robert Evans, who's the head of Paramount at, in the 70s. Um, the guy who plays the owner of Gulf and Western, which is the company that uh, ran Paramount, um, I think his name is Bern Gorman. He plays uh, Charles Blue Dorn, I believe was the name. They call him the crazy Austrian. He's fine. It's a great cast. It's not a cast that really jumps out to you. Like when you hear the names of who's playing the, the real actors, like the guy playing Al Pacino is a virtual unknown. I had never heard of him before. He looks like a frail, younger version of Al Pacino. And he sounds almost exactly like Pacino sounded in the early 70s. So he's really good. The guy who plays Marlon Brando, the only thing I've ever heard of him doing was he's on Grey's Anatomy, so I didn't think he'd be any good. He was pretty good. Um, Dan Fogler plays Francis Ford Coppola. He's probably the best one, and I never would have thought he would be the best one because he's kind of a comedy guy. He done those Fantastic Beast movie, and he's not Italian, so that kind of worried me about that. But no, he was really good. So there's that. The worst one. The worst one, and I, I have to bring this up. Do you guys know who Joe Colombo was? No. No. Okay, Joe Colombo was a big mob figure in the 50s and 60s. 60s. One of the most, in, in my opinion, one of the most feared names in the mafia. Like He's on the same level as guys like Lucky Luciano and Albert Anastasia and Carlo Gambino, very much of that time. Feared gangster, played by Giovanni Ribisi. You guys know who Giovanni Ribisi is, right? Name sounds familiar. Okay. You guys seen Ted 2? Yes. Okay. He's the guy who kidnaps Ted and does that stupid dance, trying to be like the Buffalo Wasn't he Bill. He a bunch character? of movies back in like the 90s. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was in. He'd yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not this one in the 90s, but he was also an avatar. He was one of the corrupt scientists or whatever in that one. So, anyway. They got this guy to play Joe Colombo. He looks confused or constipated through 90% of his performance. And the voice he uses does not sound like the voice any human being actually uses. He sounded like a cartoon character. And the most unintentionally funny scene that I'm, I swear to God, when they were filming it, there had to be five PAs trying to hide how hard they were gut laughing while they were filming this. Because it's a scene 
Joe Colombo formed um, the Italian American uh, Anti Defamation League or Civil Rights League or whatever the hell it was called. And they have a scene where they, they it's the first rally for this Anti Defamation League. And he's up there talking about we will not be discriminated against. Hollywood is making a mockery of us, blah, blah, blah. And you look behind him, it is 10 versions of everywhere stereotypical Goomba Guinea motherfucker on that stage. And here he's talking about we will not be discriminated against. He got every stereotype behind him. I'm watching this and I'm just thinking this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Other than that, it was a really good show, though. I'll say that. That was just ridiculous to me watching that one. So let me ask you then, Mike. I'm going to throw this question to you, and I think Dave will appreciate this question. It's very Mike-centric. Okay. So in the last couple months, you've talked to us about a couple shows. So I want to know, after seeing the offer, is it as good, better, or worse uh, is it better or worse? I'm not even going to put as good. I'm taking your middle of the road out of it because we know that's what you'd pick anyway. You're really um, going to so compare this it, to what I think you're going to pick? compare this to? Uh, if it's winning time. Oh, okay. That's not where I thought you were going with it. Um, no, I thought you were going to ask. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not bringing up the wire. Don't worry. Well, you just did. So, see, my plan worked. <coughs> better than winning time. Hmm. Because you were on that show, and you were telling me and Dave about watching it and this, that. So, like, Dave, I don't know if you've seen that show. Um, I have not. But I'm wondering which is better. I think this was probably closer to real life than Winning Time was because that, you throw the whole Jerry West thing in there where they basically turned him into a caricature of himself. That You could tell they took a lot of liberties with the truth on that one. So I think like they did that with Columbo, though. Well, the events still kind of happened the way they did because they, Albert Ruddy himself is an executive producer on this. So they, they went with a lot of his stories on that one. And a lot of the production of The Godfather has been documented over the years. So I, I do feel like that was, except for the guy that picked. But here's the thing. Like, I say that, and it's weird because I just killed Rabisi. He fit the show. As much as I didn't wasn't crazy about the performance, it worked in the context of the show. I, I thought it was ridiculous, but it, it didn't completely take me out of it. So entertaining-wise, I feel like Winning Time is more entertaining, but in terms of better made, I'd probably put the offer up there. I'm curious Cousin David's point of view. He's not with us tonight, but I know Cousin David watched them both too. Did I answer the question or did I back out of that one? I can't tell. No, you said you know winning time was better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How big of Godfather fans are you guys, though? I'll be honest. I've only seen one, two, one time each. And I've never watched. Third one's not as bad as everybody says. It's not as good as the other two, but I don't hate it as much as other people, though. Eric, what do you say? I've only seen one and two, and I've only seen them once. Okay. So just so, by the uh, fact... Like, yeah, I know how classic they are. I do know how appreciated they are in cinema history. Um, but at the same time, I don't have that same connection. To me, the more mob show I have a connection to or mob thing I have a connection to is The Sopranos. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, so I am, uh, I know that, you know, it's an all time classic, but mm, not necessarily something that like, I don't know. Not, mm. th- that's why like, to me, I feel like I would probably watch winning time before I watched the offer. No, but, uh, I do agree with you that the offer is probably better. Well made. Yep. And I'll tell you this, another guy who's in um, the offer I forgot about, Colin Hanks. Tom Hanks' son is in there. He's an asshole for the first, like, eight episodes, and then he kind of warms up towards the end. He's really good, actually. But it is it is scary how much he looks like his father. It really... I, hear, I hear Tom Hanks did a hell of a job playing uh, Elvis's manager in Elvis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen, seen, seen it. Don't really have a desire to see it, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah. Really not my time frame. Uh, yeah, everybody, you know, can get down with a hound dog or, you know, uh, you know, anything suspicious minds, whatever. Got a lot of great tunes. Not saying he's not a good artist, but I think by now we've kind of heard and seen all the stories I really need to see about Elvis. Um, I'll eat a peanut butter and banana sandwiches in, in his honor. With a lot of pepper on them. Um, yeah, I was never that big into Elvis. Like, I, I, not that there was, I, I think there was a rivalry between him and Sinatra. I don't know. No, but David's father could probably tell you about that because he's, he's the uh, Sinatra historian in my family. But um, yeah, I was never a big Elvis guy, truthfully. Just never really got into it. Dave, I don't know. I, I, Dave, were you the hunk of hunk of burning love? Uh, far from it, my friend. Far from it. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I got this, but I never got into Elvis. Mm, yeah, but anyway, closing. I definitely recommend the offer. I think it's a really good show. I think you guys would like it. So, I don't know if you guys have anything else. I'm good with tapping out, my man. All right, yeah, that's all I got for you this week. Sounds good. All right, Thor, so Love and Thunder. I'll say that I'm looking forward to that coming up in a couple weeks. But yeah, I think it. it's next Thursday, I believe. We, I we'll do be think wonderful. I'm going to venture to the theaters to see that? That'll be my second movie I've actually ventured in. after Top Gun. This will be my second one, but I really do because I enjoyed the hell out of Ragnarok, and the reviews I'm hearing so far coming out are this is like a uh, great. You know, another not necessarily version of Ragnarok, but that Taiko does even more with this one. So I'm just I'm excited, and uh, I do think I'm gonna check out Thor. I enjoy <laughs> Thor. Mm, absolutely. The wife right. enjoys her some Thor too. So I mean, <laughs> makes us both happy. There you go. All right, so we'll get out of here. Thank you everybody for listening to us on all the podcasting outlets: Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Let's get some final thoughts here real quick. Dave Hastings. Oh, Dave. Yeah, no, I'm I'm losing all my shit right now. (laughs) Hey, well, you stay sweaty, my friend. You stay sweaty. Yeah, you guys have a good night. I keep, I don't know what the hell's going on with my internet right now. But all right, right. until next week. Have a good one, Dave. Eric, stay sweaty. Eric Tressler. Stay ready, my friend. I got to run too, but uh, you, sir, have a great week. And uh, until then, uh, we're just going to keep uh, sweating sweating it out over here. There you go, man. Stay sweaty, my friend. And I am Mike Agliolaro. Once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next week. <laughs>